Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap. Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap. Let's go. Zen, trap, zen, trap, zen, trap, zen, trap. Protect your peace, protect your energy. Welcome back for another ZTP. I'm one of your two hosts, Zen P. Yogi LG. The mission at the Zen Trap Podcast is to inspire and empower people to continuously seek internal peace through maximizing your personal potential. The topic for the month has been anxiety, so we got a great ZTP on the way for you guys. We got a book review. Yo, Gail G, why don't you tell them what we're reviewing? All right, we are reviewing a book that is, uh, I I think, was a really uh, interesting read. It's called Unwinding Anxiety. It's by Dr. Judson Brewer. He's a MD and PhD. He got both. Thought that was impressive. Um, So this book is a little bit, um, I'm going to jump right into it. It's pretty much about scientifically breaking down anxiety, understanding why it happens, what's going on in your brain, uh, what's happening in your emotions. Uh, It talks about how it physically affects you, how it mentally affects you. It is the ins and outs of anxiety in general. As you know, as P said, that's the topic for the month, so we felt like this was a, something that was really applicable. How would you explain or give a general overview of, of the book? Yeah, I mean, I think you explained it uh, perfectly. It's a breakdown of anxiety, and it goes through uh, techniques that he has used with his patients because um, he's a psychiatrist uh, and just goes through why you kind of feel anxious, what you can do when you feel anxious, and just a methodology for how you can live with anxiety and what you can do about it to change it. Um, so it's a great book. It goes through a lot of science-based, so if you're a very logical, type-minded person, this is a great book for you if you're looking for logical uh, methods and tools to help you with your anxiety and figure out what you can do to get different habits to replace that anxiety. So what about you? What uh, did you learn from the book that was new? Yeah, I guess something that I kind of learned, which was what the book was kind of really all about was about like anxiety is related to these habit loops and so I guess I'd never recognized that like the reason I experience anxiety at these specific moments is because that's some type of habit loop and we've read a a book called Atomic Habits it talks about uh, uh, habit loops and things that in general but just didn't know those two things were kind of related so that was probably my biggest learn was just recognizing like oh dang that anxiety comes every time when you do this thing because it's kind of like this habit loop that you keep going through, right? So that was a pretty, I ain't going to say mind-blowing, but more so like just, I guess I just never recognized it. And him saying it just like, like, dang, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, connecting the dots. Connecting the dots, for sure. What about you? What Did you find something unique in it? Did you learn something, I guess? Uh, Yeah, definitely learn different terminology for the same thing. I think in reading the book, uh, definitely had different terminology to speak about stuff that we've heard in different books and pulling it all together. I really liked how layman terms he was describing things in the book. Um, 
I can't say I learned something new per se in the book, but very similar to you, it was just in the way that he explained it. So I guess that could be something new I'm taking away from it is that you can read over the same information, but hearing it a different way from a different perspective can make you understand it in a different way. So just like you saying, talking about the anxiety and worry loops and meditation and mindfulness in the book, all these different things that we read in other books, I think this book kind of tied it all together with what you can actually do about it and how you can recognize it. So um, I thought this was also a great book because it talked about even uh, confidence a little bit and having absolutely uh, not to judge yourself so harshly for having anxiety and things like that. So I thought this book was a great book that brought all the other self-help books and things that we've read together really good yeah what would you say your favorite uh bar or section of the book was if you had one please i got many <laughs> cool many many my favorite section was mapping your mind okay learning how to map your mind was a great section for me i think that's something i could definitely bring over to life coaching is yeah. helping people figure out how to map your your habits and your anxieties and your mind your worries um but favorite bars, um, let's see. Whew. Problem with problem solving is um, when you're trying to, so to give context, when you're trying to break down and really figure out the why you keep doing whatever it is that you're doing, if you get into this, what they call the why loop, uh, which we can talk more about at a different time if we want. But good. the bar was, was the feeling that you are doing something by worrying can seem rewarding and it can keep you in that loop. So that's, again, atomic habits, as you mentioned, motion versus action, same old stuff, just a different way of saying it. You're getting stuck in the worry loop of, I feel like I'm doing something by trying to figure out why I do it, but you can get stuck into figuring out why you do it so long that you don't have it out to yeah. get out of the why part, and that can just get you into more anxiety, and now you're in an anxiety loop. I'm going to just piggyback bar that he said right after that, literally same situation if, what if the why does not matter? Yeah. Ask yourself questions to get out of the loop. Sometimes. Like, he was talking about a patient that was getting that Y loop and just, like, saying, like, all right, you're getting caught in this spot of, like, ooh, I'm trying to figure out why, so I'm feeling active, I'm feeling like I'm in motion, but you're not. Uh, literally, what if it doesn't matter? What if you just need to recognize that I'm in this Y loop and it don't matter why, it matters how I respond to the anxiety is happening because of it. That's what really matters. That was the you. We both have already heard and learned that in a video on a ZTP. I believe you. You believe me? You I believe you. <laughs> I can't call out which one. What you, what you got? What Ask is? yourself what. Oh, yeah. Facts. That's what that whole video was about. Sure was. Sure was. Dang, you're right. Absolutely. Just so in a totally different context. It, go to the ZTP video about, uh, I don't remember the lady's name. But I remember what she was talking about. It breaks down this whole thing that we were talking about where instead of asking yourself why sometimes, ask yourself what what is happening right now that you don't really want to happen and what can you do right now to get the outcome that you really want. Exactly. Don't worry about why. So same Dang, video. Same, same thing. Same stuff coming up. Same stuff. You got any bars, sections? Um, so one thing that really just empowered me in general was he used this uh, acronym of RAIN, which was just recognizing how you feel, um, allowing and accepting that. That's the A. Investigate, like investigate those feelings. Like, hmm, why am I feeling this way? Which we gonna, I'm going to get on own too because that was interesting for me. And then note your experience. So 
just being able to like stop in that moment and use that acronym as a way to kind of get yourself out of these habit loops of recognizing it, not trying to push it away, which we've been saying, like, don't try to reject the the fact that you're feeling this, like accept it, allow it. Okay. This is happening to me. Now let's talk about like, okay, what's going on in my body right now? Investigate. How how am I feeling? He even says, like, say it as, like, one-worders. Like, don't try to put a whole bunch of verbiage to the feeling. Like, do I feel hot? Do I feel cold? Do I feel tense? Do I feel tight? Do I feel pressure? Do I feel whatever? Just give it, like, one word. And then that'll kind of help you understand. Like, I'm just going to – I'm not going to go too deep in it. And then just take note of that. So I thought that was a really good uh, bar area section to all that facts because even that in in noting that goes to other stuff from other books again measure yep you need to measure so you have something to go back on i think we lean a Mm -hmm. lot on thinking our memory is a lot better than it is sometimes and then at the same breath we still quote that we don't have good memory but we ain't doing nothing about it so write it down uh, great Uh, another bar for me changing habits is hard work but it doesn't have to be painful again what do you believe in do you believe that it's more work or pain to try and figure out how to fix your anxiety or fix whatever it is that you're frustrated by. It's more comfortable for you to stay in it. So you're just choosing to stay in it. If you start changing your mindset to believing that changing habits may be hard, but it doesn't have to be painful. You might get more interested and more determined to do something about it. I thought that was a great bar. Other thing he, uh, and this is probably more so a section in a bar, but he starts talking about curiosity and being curious about your body and what what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, um, and start asking yourself questions. Uh, So he brings up this example that he's on a silent retreat with, I think, the U.S. women's polo team, water polo team. And he's like, we've been quiet. We're on this hike. We get to this top of this mountain, and me and him and his colleague decide to break the silence with literally one sound, and it's just, hmm. And then he kind of uses that throughout the book as a way to kind of spark curiosity. And like then, like, the polo team started, the water polo team started to use, hmm, as, like, a, like a staple throughout the rest of the retreat of, like, hmm. Like, okay, when, when I'm curious, when I don't know why I'm thinking like this, why I'm feeling whatever I'm feeling, uh, if I want to, like, say something and I don't know why, I'm like, hmm. Like, and now it makes you be curious about whatever you're feeling. So I thought that was a really good section. Um, that was pretty cool to me. Honestly, I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to definitely snag that for myself. Are you going to do hmms all out? Yeah, I think I'm going to do hmm for sure. Okay, that's a good trigger. Uh, just two more for me. Yeah. One was the definition of anxiety. Anxiety is fear plus uncertainty. That puts some things in context when you can kind of know the definition of when you're feeling anxious. And the last one was kind of towards the end, which was a random quote you put where watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits because they become character. Watch your character because it becomes your destiny. Bar. So it's the trickle effect of you need to watch pretty much how you think, Bar. and it keeps levering down, uh, trickling down. But Bar. again, somebody could get anxiety just from that. So it's like, oh no, my <laughs> thoughts do matter. Uh. <laughs> That's what's up. Um, all right. So do you feel like you found something that you would share with like your friends or your family or people you love from this book? Like, hey, I will give you this tidbit. I learned this. You should yes. try it. What you got? I would share. Which one? You go first. I okay. had it. I had it. 
That's cool. Um, ultimately, like the habit loops. Habit loops for sure. I just it it really just it was mind blowing for me. So I think that's something I would share with just like the people around me. Like, hey, just take your time to watch your habit loops. When they, he talks about a lot and like just identifying them can be the first. He calls it like gears. Like that's like the first gear is to kind of identify your habit loop. Um, and he tells a lot of his patients, like, I want you to go do this on your own so we don't really waste time in our sessions trying to identify your habit loops. And you can recognize them way better than I can, right? So just trying to identify. And I think the loop goes trigger. Uh, behavior reward. Behavior reward, right? So there's some trigger, then there's some behavior, and then there's a reward at the end of that. And then most likely that links back to another trigger. So. That was good. I would share that. I would share disenchantment. Uh, that's a big word, but long story short, very similar to what you're saying. I would share with friends and family of really using your senses. Because, again, the book does a great job, of, again, of giving super context, logical words so that you understand what's happening. I'm really not a fan of books that speak very broadly about stuff. This was a great book. Um went through myths and things like that with anxiety. So I, I really like that. But when I say disenchantment, really understanding clearly whatever the thing you're anxious about or the habit that you're trying to break, you're already deeming it as something that you don't want to do or something that's wrong, whether that's right, wrong or indifferent. So the next time that you do do it, really understanding and using your senses to see what you really enjoy about it. A lot of times I know for me, some habits that I used to do or will continue to do or cravings or triggers that I have will come from nostalgia. A lot of times it's something that was really good to me in the past or made me feel really good in the past, but it no longer serves me like it used to. So if I take the time to use my senses by basic example for me, hot fries are real nostalgia for me. I used to eat hot fries all the time. Okay. So if I see Chester's Hot Fries in the store still to this day, a lot less than it used to be. I, I can even say a year ago, a couple weeks ago, whatever. If I see Hot Fries, I'll be like, oh, man, I really want a bag of Hot Fries. Then if I just take a moment and be like, why do you want a bag of Hot Fries? I want a bag of Hot Fries because when I was younger, I used to always eat them. They used to be good. My mom used to know that I loved them so much. She would bring them home and like, oh, I got you a bag of Hot Fries. All these things wrapped around Hot Fries. But now... I, if I'm just stuck up in the nostalgia moment, I'm not thinking about what happens when you eat the high fries. Oh, they taste good for about five minutes. Then like five minutes later, my stomach is burning, bubbling. I got to use the bathroom really bad afterwards. All these things happen. And then literally in that moment when my stomach's hurting and I'm feeling all bad, I'm even telling myself like, oh man, I ain't never getting a bag of hot fries again. My <laughs> I stomach hurts. I thing. ain't never doing this dumb <laughs> stuff again. And I just keep going, but that's because I don't take a good note of what happens then. I don't yeah. measure it. I don't keep it in memory. Yeah. So I'm not associating and putting the nostalgia together with that bag of hot fries. So now when I see hot fries, I associate more with, oh, that's going to make my stomach hurt. Do I want, like now it's like when I'm asking myself, do I want the hot fries? I'm also asking, do I want a stomach ache? Do I want this? If the answer is no, I don't get them. If it's yeah, I still get them. I'm not saying <laughs> I stop, but like, it, it'd be like, I still I, might get it. Am I accepting? <laughs> Everything that comes with it with no judgment, no like listing out the facts of what happens when I get that bag of hot fries. So I would try and sell or not sell, but share with family and friends, making sure that you really are going through that process to understand, is this something you really want to do in that moment? So when you have whatever trigger comes up, whatever it is for you, if it's overeating, what whatever that is, hot fries thing is for you, what 
really is happening in that moment from a physical sight, smell, body, intuition type of feeling and getting all of that context. Cause then you might can reassociate with how you feel about that. And that could be a big solvent. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. All right. So do you feel like it's something that you can get from this book? Like you going to start using, you going to start doing. Yes. Um, and this actually ties into the one earlier where I couldn't really find something unique, something unique that I did learn in. Okay. Uh, after skimming back through my notes, was talking about the body sensations of anxiety. I've always noticed where you carry tension at, mm-hmm. and I, I think for me, I I carry Tense tension right a little in my mouth, my shoulders for sure. Um, but recognizing where you carry tension at is it was a great sign for me of knowing when you're open to receiving something versus closed off. Uh, talked a lot about the eyes, so that's something I am that was taking good. that. I'll never forget is when your eyes are a lot more narrow and my eyes are really already low. So it's a little difficult for me anyway to keep them open. (laughs) But when you keep your eyes more open, you're already allowing yourself to be more open to see more, um, see more information. Yeah. When you are open like that, your eyes are naturally more open. So inquisitive, inquisitive and things like that. When you get upset, your eyes kind of get more closed off, narrow, you start seeing less. So, Taking time to recognize, are my eyes narrow right now? Like, is a great question I can just, which is a quick yes or no. It's not something I got to think about. Are your eyes narrow? My eyes are narrow. Then I can start going through a loop of like, okay, are you upset? Are you tense? Like, go through something else. So that's something I can do. What about you? Um, so that was kind of part of mine just because Pia often says all the time that, like, I give crazy looks. Like, sometimes my eyes be like, what? Matter of fact, I ain't think about that, but that's literally what you, <laughs> like, your eyes literally close up. Yeah, I know. That's why I was something that I was like, when he was, he basically does in his book, like, he tell you to, like, squint your eyes and try to act surprised. Or, like, try to be, like, you know, get excited. And it's tough, right? Versus opening your eyes wide and trying to think negative or, like, be down or something like that. It's tough. And I I tried it. And I was like, first of all, this feeling feels super familiar. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I know that I, like, squint my eyes a lot when people are talking to me and they don't make sense. Instead of being, like, opening my eyes wider and trying to receive kind of what they're saying or uh, even, like, just taking in my environment even more, maybe checking somebody's pulse and seeing, like, oh, they're talking to me in a way that make I need to be more alert versus kind of more closed off, right? So that was something that I was going to take as well. Um, another thing I was going to take was just uh, he talks about getting in those different gears of uh, your anxiety, like recognizing it uh, as part of, like, mapping it out. Your habit loops is part of your first gear. Um, I'm not going to recite all the gears because I feel like that's kind of the keys to the book, so definitely go read the book. But just getting into those different gears. And then he says, like, if all you got is gear one, that's okay. Like, you just need to get in that gear to get up this hill. That's fine. If you can't get through all three gears, that's okay. And just being okay with that. So that was something that um, I would take for myself as well. All right. So did you find something in the book that you feel was specific to me that I could learn from? Uh, I know he talked about like his procrastination loop. I know that's something that you um, talked about before in your personal journey. So I thought just that whole section of like him addressing that about himself, I thought that would definitely resonate with you, uh, recognizing it is a loop, it's within itself. So that would probably be mine for you. What about you for me? And that's tough because yeah. 
my procrastination, I feel like similar to everyone else's, is really good at rationalizing everything. <laughs> I can rationalize almost yeah. anything to, to make it seem how I want it to seem. But, yes, I definitely received that. Um, for you in the book, oh, it talks about third gear with the BBO, bigger, better options or opportunities or whatever mm-hmm. um, for, for your reward system. And it literally talked about what we had discussed one time, which is swapping out an external reward for an internal one. Ooh, we did. I felt like it's one we already talked about. Yeah, so, sure. again, I would say between that and something similar of not getting into the wild loop, I, th- I think we've even talked about that before. Yeah, uh, you sure. get in the wild loops a lot sometimes, and it it doesn't, it, it rarely leads anywhere. Not yeah. saying that it could, because I think to me, that's what keeps us and people in wild loops, and you specifically, is that. Well, if I get to the root, it may take longer, but I feel like if I get to the root, then it won't happen. Make more progress. Won't, I'll make yeah. more progress, even though it might take a little longer. But you're you're sacrificing, which again, right, wrong, or indifferent, it could be a good thing. You're yeah. sacrificing a lot of time during the moment in the day to get to this point that you may or may not even get to sometime in the future. So I think that great question of does why really matter right now? No. Keep going, and then the the again the biggest part is finding some intrinsic rewards to, rewards to to swap stuff out with. Uh, I know you said you kind of struggle with that, so yeah, finding some of those intrinsic rewards I think would be super beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, overall, I thought it was a solid book. Uh, you, you got anything else you want to share from the book? Um. Not really, per se. As you said, this is a book. I, I think you really have to read it for yourself to get what you're going to get from it. Um, we read it. We can talk to you till you blue in the face about what you can do and how you can do it. Because, again, to me, on, on first pass, the book isn't saying anything that other self-help books or anxiety books aren't going to say. Just like when we talked about on that Zen Trap chat, all these different anxiety techniques you can do, you got to find what works for you. This is one method of many other methods. Um, it talks about, again, the same stuff that's in other self-help books. So find a tool that works for you. The biggest thing you can do is actually practice it. Pick one, and actually practice it, get through it, even if you think it's not for you. Um, yeah, I'll just end with the section just talking about uh, uh, it talks about the growth mindset and stuff like that. So again, Oof. how you view failure um, is 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 big. So I think a lot of people, what prevents them from getting into action is they just don't feel like it'll it'll push the bottom line. Um, I was thinking about this when I was running one time that I I suffer from this a lot too. So not just because I suffer from it, I know that a lot of people suffer from it. Is that I be- used to believe that doing a little bit is the same as nothing. Mm. So what's the point of doing a little bit? And when you stuck in that loop, it's a vicious cycle to get you to try and do anything. When yep. I think that, oh, if I go outside and I just run a lap, that's pointless. That ain't helping me do nothing if I go outside and I walk for five minutes. It's not pushing the envelope. It's not going to do anything. But me going outside and getting into the habit of actually walking for five minutes lets me start to have the potential to run 
or just build up to, to the next time to doing it. So it it is, that is not true what I'm telling myself. That is literally not true. I think that that was huge for me. So in the book, really looking at your mindset and focusing on what little things, like little things do matter. I, I was in a big mindset of that. Doing a little bit of work here and there is not going to push the envelope. I might as well wait till later and do it all then, and that'll push the envelope further when that's not true. Yeah. Um, thing I kind of want to leave you with is just when he starts talking about, which we've said this before, your brain is just trying to protect you. It's doing what it thinks it should be doing to protect you, and you have to do your best to try to, like, shift that. Shift your thinking. Shift your, your thinking into a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. Um, and you have to recognize those habit loops. And this dude is dealing with some severe cases, right? He's dealing with some severe cases of anxiety, anxiety disorders, eating disorders, all kind of stuff. And so when you hear those, you may feel like it's an extreme case, but he also breaks them down to like regular people stuff, like things he was starting to deal with in his own life, things we deal with on a daily basis. So I would definitely recommend you give it a read. If you suffer with anxiety, um, whether no matter how often, how, how small, if you want to get better with that, find a solution, understand why it's happening to you. This is definitely a great read for sure. Yeah. And don't identify with it. Come on now. I know that sounds crazy. I wouldn't believe it without having read all these books. Come on now. Might even come across a little bit delusional. The I think the longer you think of yourself as a person who suffers with anxiety, the harder it will be to visualize yourself as a person without it. He says that. He was like, some of my patients can't imagine themselves not drinking a bottle of vodka a day, not eating a pizza, a large pizza in one setting. They can't even but see yeah, it. Yeah, what you identifying with. Yeah. Like, I am a fat person, so I will never envision myself as being healthy, fit, exactly. whatever. Think about that, and, and I think that will allow you to even create that separation of playfulness of when you start having anxious thoughts, you might even look crazy and just start laughing like, huh, that ain't even... No, like yeah, accepting it, let that move on. That was crazy. That was yeah. crazy thought. Crazy, we thought that. Crazy thought. Yeah. Uh, this has been another ZTP Zen Trap Perspective. That's it. <laughs> Again, we did the book Unwinding Anxiety. Uh, we recommend you go read it. I'm one of your two hosts, Yogi LG. Zen P. If you can't do nothing else, protect your peace. And protect your energy. It's it, the Zen Trap. We out. We out. Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap.